We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast wednesday july 21st 2021 the first full day to all my friends that are fans of the milwaukee bucks they are the world champions of the nba after beating the Phoenix Suns last night, Bucks and six, the prophecy is fulfilled. Oh, did I hit all of those? I think those are all the Bucks things. I'm not a Bucks fan, so I tried to get all of those put together before I started here. But did I get them all? Fear the deers in there. History yeah. made. History yeah. made. Okay. All right. So you got them all there. History made. The Milwaukee Bucks are the champions of the world. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Finals MVP, and congratulations to the Bucks. As a well-deserved, no asterisk champion <laughs> of the NBA and looking forward to a couple months off for them before they get started back up here in the following months. And kudos to everybody that was able to spend a million dollars on a ticket to be inside the stadium for game six. It looked like one great atmosphere. I'm your host of this show tonight. I'm Jacob Westendorf. On It is now Thursday, July 22nd, as you guys listen to this show. And I am with little Jimmy James. Jimmy Christensen has rejoined us from the depths of wherever you were last week. Frankly, I don't remember, nor do I care to that much Jimmy, the show's better <laughs> without you. But how was the deer district last night? That's what I want to start with. Oh, it was absolutely wild. Like it was amazing. It was super fun. It was just cool to see everyone was there to just witness something at the time. Hopefully historic ended up being historic. Our first championship in 50 years. I don't know. It's just always cool to see all different kinds of people just come together and root for the same thing. It was, it was really sweet. Um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Terrible to get home. Like I'll say that getting out of there was absolutely hell, but everything else about it was amazing. Um, got to go with Todd, which um, I don't know, depending on who you ask might be a good or bad thing, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. That's good to hear. And and I'm happy. And I can't imagine what getting home was like for somebody that doesn't actually live in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. I will. I will say this guys, one thing, nothing was good about COVID. So let me preface by saying that that's obvious, but something I might miss about the quote unquote COVID seasons were the lack of crowds. I can't tell you how convenient Mm -hmm. it was not for the right reasons, obviously. So please don't take it that way, but to be able to 
Last year, I was able to walk into the stadium, park right next to the front door that I needed to go in. And then when the game was over, I walked out, got in the car and drove home and I got right on the highway. And it didn't take if it takes me three hours to get to Rockford during a Packers game season, it usually takes me about four and a half with game day traffic. So I am not going to miss or I'm not going to welcome back game day traffic. So I can't imagine what that was like for somebody that wasn't from Milwaukee. Next with us. Someone who needs no introduction, the great Maggie Loney. Uh, she said she was sending her husband to daycare tomorrow. So, Mark, I wish you the best of luck on that. And uh, Maggie, welcome to the show. Absolutely not what I said. I said I was sending my dog to daycare, but uh, <laughs> thank you. She for had to that. specify the dog part after the fact. <laughs> she said, "My dog, not Mark." Yeah, but I mean, it was fun. I I went to the I went to my favorite bar yesterday and it wasn't full but towards the end of the game it got full and kind of rowdy and you know i i put on twitter i switched to whiskey sours um at halftime to keep the momentum put my hat backwards and you know history made it worked it's a backwards hat that's got it it is it's key (laughs) so when the packers are in the nfc championship game again this year you must wear your hat backwards the entire time and we have to see if that is what works. See, the problem is it's always in the winter, so I always wear beanies. But so now I'll have to... backwards? You know, logo back. Sure, we'll try it. We'll try it. All right, so Packers, you hold up your end of the bargain. Maggie will hold up her <laughs> end of the bargain. So with the Bucks winning a title, their first in 50 years, I kind of wanted to go over with everybody just what a championship experience was like. Uh, I've been fortunate, all three. I'm not a... One state sports fan, and you guys all probably call me a bandwagoner after this is done, and that's that's fine. I'll I'll survive uh, being made fun of, and I completely get how it doesn't make sense. But I've been fortunate enough to see all three of my favorite sports teams uh, win a title in all the three major sports: football, basketball, and baseball is what I'm referencing in that regard. So I did kind of want to go over that, but before I do that, I have a Giannis story that I want to share with you guys, and I said on Twitter. Should I share this? And enough of you said yes. So, and by enough, I mean, I really only needed one to say they wanted to hear it to say I would give it. So <laughs> two years ago, I was working with somebody and he, he's a cameraman by trade and he does a lot of stuff for the NBA. And I can't confirm this, but he spent a lot of time in Chicago when Michael Jordan played. And there's at least a non-zero chance that some of the footage used in the last dance, the documentary they did on Netflix and ESPN this past season was used in that documentary. So just to give you a background of what he's been like in the NBA, he's from the Midwest and he said he's been spending a lot of time in Milwaukee as we're talking to him. And as I said, this is two years ago. So the Bucks have lost to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. We were like, yeah, that's pretty cool. You spend a lot of time in Milwaukee. He said, yeah, I was there for the playoffs. You know, the crowd's great. The new arena is awesome. You know, stuff like that. And we talked to him, start talking to him, just, you know, how the Bucks organization runs. And then, you know, obviously my buddy who is a Bucks fan wants to know, is Giannis going to leave? And what he said was, and this is why it stuck with me. So I know I made a lot of jokes on Twitter last year that Giannis was going to come to Dallas and all that stuff, but I really firmly believed he was never leaving. And it was because of this story. What he said was Giannis loves Milwaukee. His family loves Milwaukee. They love everything about that city. They will never want to leave there. However, and the however is where my buddy, I could see the look on his face. He got kind of scared when I started saying that he said, however, he probably won't sign his extension until the very last minute. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, 
the players around the league kind of pressure each other to not sign long-term extensions that way if they're up for one, because that way they keep pressure on their organizations and it helps out somebody else if they're in a situation that maybe they maybe necessarily don't like. The other thing that he said was, which I thought was interesting, um, and obviously there's the storylines that come along with uh, players wanting to leave or players maybe leaving, you know, Damian Lillard, that story is going to dominate the offseason. And then, you know, after him, it'll be Zion Williamson or Luka Doncic, or there's always somebody that it'll feel like the media is trying to push out of Milwaukee. But what he said, or out of their respective city, not just Milwaukee, what he said after that was that the reason some of these stories get put out there like that is because the media as a whole, NBA media, tries to pressure these players into going to their favorite vacation spots so that if the finals were to be in a specific city, they all travel for the finals. So they want to go to Miami, to New York, to LA, to places like that. Well, whenever you hear that a player's leaving, where do you hear that they're going? Miami, New York, LA, those places like that. So he said, don't be surprised if you hear a bunch of those stories in the next year or two, just don't pay any mind to them. He'll sign in Milwaukee. There's no question about it. And the Bucks will do every single thing that they can to keep him. So that is my Giannis story. It is why I've known the whole time he was never leaving Milwaukee. Or I felt I knew, I should say, the whole time he was never leaving Milwaukee. And that loyalty was rewarded uh, last night with the franchise's first title in 50 years. So it was inspiring. It was fun to watch. Uh, and there's just something about, to me, you know, Jalen Rose, I think, said it really well on ESPN today. Not all titles are created equal. They all count. You know, LeBron James getting a title in Miami counts just as much as the one Kevin Durant got in Golden State counts just as much as the one that Giannis won last night. But it does feel different when somebody struggles, climbs the mountain, gets to the top with the team that he was with instead of being essentially a hired gun. So that's my Giannis story. Guys, any thoughts on that before we move into tonight's actual Packers topic? Uh, my favorite thing, like you said, this one was, was a little bit different. Giannis and Chris were on the team when they won. They were literally last place eight years ago, and now they, they won the championship. So just seeing that that transpire. And as a, a lifelong Bucks fan dealing with thinking Charlie Villanueva was our best player and the future of the team, and when we traded for John Salmon and thought that he was going to completely change the franchise and then was out of the off the team in like two years, it's just nice to see – people coming to Milwaukee and then whether it's by trades like Drew and Chris or being drafted and then actually signing extensions to stay with the team. Uh, it's something that I did not ever expect, especially most of my life after Ray Allen left. I just thought the Bucks were just always going to be in this constant cycle of either eighth place in their division or, or in their conference or last place in the, the NBA. So I don't know. Giannis is a, a beautiful human and I'm glad he's on the team. Yeah, I mean, I think that that was just the narratives. And I don't know if it's like our nature as podcasters and writers to like wax poetic about things that happen. But sports always feel like the stories drive themselves. And to have Giannis struggle with free throws and have it be like this huge thing in away stadiums. And then he goes, what, 15 of 17. And, you know, even Chris Paul's comments about even he thinks yeah. he's going to miss. And then he has like, a career night literally puts up 50 points after a 50 year drought of a championship. Like it just, the story wrote itself, especially like Jimmy said with Middleton being there from the jump and just the players they brought in, like 
Bobby Portis is like a cult hero now. Like it's, I, I I would die for PJ Tucker as well. Like there's just, it's, there's a lot of really special things happening in Milwaukee and it's fun that it's happening, you know, when the Brewers are also good leading their conference, you know, the Packers have been to the the championship a couple of years now, like trying to get into the Super Bowl. So it's rare to have all of your sports teams be really good. So to have the Bucks get over the hump first, I think, you know, it was really special for Wisconsin. And it's cool to see too, like with the team, like there's not, there's no one on the team. You're like, well, this person's kind of a scumbag. Like literally everyone on the team, Drew Holiday is one of the best humans in the entire NBA. Um, like his story of taking time off from the Pelicans after his wife had um, like, what well, I think it was like brain surgery, like him leaving and being with her and just taking care of his family. Like that's not stuff you see a lot in athletes. And um I don't know. It's just the team is it's it actually really reminded me this year and why it kind of hurt so much that the Packers didn't make it to the Super Bowl was there's that just like group feel of this team. Like everyone's genuinely like friends. Um, I don't know. The team the team was special. I can go on about this for a while, so I'll be quiet so we can talk about the Packers. Yeah, it's it's almost like that feeling of somebody said it like you could almost feel like Giannis and Chris Middleton were happier for the other than they were for themselves that they won a title and they did it together and they did it at the mountaintop. And like I said, they've been through a lot. And I mean, when you're a team like the Milwaukee bucks and I say that, and I think you all know when I say this, what that means when I just say the Milwaukee bucks, you know, winning a title is not something that is expected. Obviously it hasn't happened in 50 years. So you guys understand that, but you know, after they have a two Oh series lead in the Eastern conference finals, and then they lose four straight and that team that they lose to wins the title. And then the next year they have the best record and then COVID happens and then they get swept in the bubble and it's kind of fluky, but even if it's kind of fluky, it still happened. And then you almost feel like, okay, well then now the Brooklyn nets put together this team that has Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving and who in the hell is going to beat them. And I mean, did injuries play a factor? Sure. I don't think it's wrong to acknowledge that, but that also doesn't make the title any less. And I think that's what makes this as special as it is, is it never felt like, like the Warriors winning a finals with Kevin Durant felt like a given. Uh, the Nets, if they had won the title this year, would have felt like a given. The Bucks, it wasn't a given. I mean, we were talking in the second round about whether or not they were going to fire their coach. And that team won the title. There's a lot there. I think it's been, it was a great story. It was fun to watch. And having been in, I was at the Pfizer for game five uh, with a couple of my friends. And and that was fun to just kind of pick up that atmosphere. It felt like the game was happening on the court in front of us instead of on the jumbotron. It was just, it was fun. Uh, I hope it's something that the Bucks can do again and something you savor because it's special. And speaking of special, we just kind of wanted to talk about some experiences that we've had as far as watching uh, those teams win a championship and what that felt like. And I want to start, I guess I didn't realize that you guys were as or that much younger than me than you are. Cause I guess I was almost five turning six when the Packers won Super Bowl 31. And they both are telling me that they were three when that happened. So Jimmy, I guess, let me start there and say, maybe you don't remember the game, but do you remember any stories or anything that come out of that game? Your parents being like, you know, you wore a Packers diaper and after they scored a touchdown, you ran around or something. I don't know. I'm just, making stuff up as I go here, but was there anything like that? 
Uh, during that time, we'd always, my family would always rent out a hotel, like not the whole hotel, but we'd rent out like a few rooms and always have a huge, a huge Packer party at a hotel and then take off school the next day and stuff. So I remember being at a hotel for this and my dad being very hungover the next day. But besides that, like, honestly, I don't remember entirely that much of the situation. I just remember swimming at a hotel. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, Maggie, what do you remember from that game, if anything? So I don't remember anything as a three-year-old, um, but there are a bunch of pictures of like my dad and his Zubas and like my brother was in a kids because my brother would have been like five and a half. So he was in like a kid's Reggie White jersey and I was in a, a Brett Favre jersey. So there's a bunch of pictures of me in Packer stuff with my dad and my brother, but I I can't say I vividly remember anything from being three years old. <laughs> sure. That's fair. So I was a little bit older. I do remember sitting down to watch the game. And I remember my dad saying he was rooting for the Patriots because of course my dad likes to bust my chops even as a five year old evidently at the time. I remember the first play of Brett Favre throwing a touchdown to Andre Risen, and I remember Desmond Howard's kickoff return and then kind of understanding this meant they were going to be Super Bowl champions. And then I remember going to preschool the next day and telling everybody that the Packers had won the Super Bowl. So that meant they were the best team in the world. And the next year, I remember my mom helped me make like a scrapbook of like newspaper articles from that team. So the 98 team ended up losing to Denver in the Super Bowl, as you guys may may remember. Um, I actually still had that book up until when I moved. I think, uh, I think that's sitting around in my basement down here somewhere, but, 
Um, yeah, that's that's really all I remember from Super Bowl 31. Otherwise, a lot of my memories from that season come from like the Packers 1996 highlight video that they make with, you know, through the NFL and stuff like that. I've watched that plenty of times. America's game from that season, obviously. I love the story of that 96 team uh, and that just how good they were. They were the best offense. They were the best defense and the best special teams. Truly a dominant team that I don't think gets enough credit. And I will say this right now, and you can all feel free to laugh at me, but the 1996 Packers are better than the 1985 Chicago Bears. And it's because they have the number one defense. And I think the Bears defense obviously is legendary, but the Packers offense is 200 times better than that Bears offense was in 1985. So there's my take for the show. Let's move to obviously then the next title to talk about would have been 2010. And I want to start that season by that was not like the 13 and three Green Bay Packers. That was a up and down year. They were eight and six going into week 16 against the New York Giants. And I vividly remember I was in Detroit when that happened. And there is a large Facebook post that thankfully Facebook memories has kept in its archives. So I see it every year when it comes up as a reminder of why I am not the owner, the general manager, a key decision maker of the Packers and why you should be happy about that. They lose to a really bad Lions team at Ford Field. Rodgers gets concussed. And I wrote a very long capital lettered Facebook post that basically said, fire Ted Thompson, fire Mike McCarthy and do it now. And then obviously the rest, as they say, is history. But Maggie, I do want to start there and say, what was your, because that team was supposed to be a Super Bowl favorite. And now you're looking at the possibility of finishing eight and eight. So what were your thoughts on the team as they lose in Detroit at that time, if you can remember that? I mean, I think the bulk of my memories from that season are just kind of how miraculous it was. Like you're watching this team that, you know, we thought could contend and it felt like they were getting closer. But I think my most vivid memories, honestly, and this is probably the cliche answer that everybody has comes from the playoff push where that's when you started like once they like cracked the playoffs and got in as a six seed wild card, you're like, okay, like we'll see where this goes, you know, okay, cool. The Packers are in the playoffs. Let's see what happens. And the, the run that they had with Michael Vick and, you know, being a mobile quarterback, which is something we've, you know, now seen the Packers struggle with quite a bit in more recent years or Tremont Williams with the Falcons and, you know, just, or, yeah, just everything about like that whole series. So I guess I don't have like vivid memories from that specific Lions game, but Rogers being able to come back. And I mean, everybody knows how I feel about BJ Rogers. So most of my favorite memories came almost like the Super Bowl itself was obviously so special. And I remember watching it with my dad and, you know, kind of trying to wrap my head around what it meant and how long it had been, you know, being a three year old the first time I saw it happen. But yeah, the NFC Championship game was honestly, I think, where some of my like favorite memories came just because it was against the Bears and it was at Soldier Field. And to get over that hump made it feel like they couldn't lose the Super Bowl in that moment. Jimmy, anything off of that last stretch of the season or specifically, like I mentioned, after they lose to Detroit? Yeah, the big, honestly, like Maggie said, when you make a big playoff push like that, that's mainly where most of my memories come from from that time is just the push they made in the playoffs. And the biggest game uh, that sticks out to me is just the the Falcons game. I remember being in my parents' basement, having friends over and um, the Tremont Williams pick was just one of the plays that I will always remember like 
for Packers, even when I'm old, like that was a time where I was like, this team, I know we still had a game after that, but right then was when I was like, oh, this team's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Like it was like the defining, we're winning that game. Obviously, anytime we face the Bears, I just, the Bears suck, we're going to beat them. Um, and then, I don't know, it was just, that's the moment I remember just knowing this team was was something to to watch out for. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I remember, obviously, they beat the Giants. I was in a house when they beat the Giants that day. That was a fun one. And that was like a, you know, Maggie, you talked about mobile quarterbacks and exercising that demon. The Giants are a team that always feel like a demon for the Packers. Maybe it's because they've beaten them twice in the playoffs, you know, in relatively recent memory. And the Packers beat them 45-17. There's actually a big sign that used to be in the Packers tunnel uh, coming out of the locker room. And it's that game and it's called the run begins. And it's just pictures of, you know, the big touchdown to Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings making plays and Clay Matthews knocking the ball out, just all kinds of different stuff that they did throughout the course of that game. Uh, and they had that. And then Jimmy, I'm, I'm right there with you. When Tremont Williams pick six is Matt Ryan before halftime, that's something that you like joke about. Or it happens in Madden because you're playing Madden and the other guy's stupid that you're playing against. It never actually happens in real life. And then it did. And you're like, it's 28-14 and we got the ball coming out. And they haven't stopped us all night. So, <laughs> yeah, I was with you. It was one of those things I wouldn't let myself think it, but I felt I knew it. The Packers were going to the Super Bowl. And not only going, but they were going to win it. And I remember then obviously after the conference title game, you know, Maggie, you mentioned your memories. B.J. Raji shaking his butt in the end zone at Soldier Field. That was awesome. Um, and then beating Chicago. to Being a Packers fan in Bear Country, trust me, the, the NFC Championship game was about as stress as stress gets <laughs> for me just because I knew how awful that following Monday was going to be if the Packers were to not win that game. But then when they played the Steelers, I remember the next day everybody's like, well, you're not beating the Steelers. I'm like, yes, they are. Because the Packers can spread Pittsburgh out. That's how Tom Brady's beaten them in the past. And we've got Aaron Rodgers. And he can do the same exact thing to beat those guys right now. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So the day of the Super Bowl, guys, Super Bowl 45, what was your day like that day? What was your routine, Maggie, before the game started? Is there anything you remember specifically about that? No. And I mean, like, I don't want to take it off topic, but we had kind of talked about pre-show like memories of football and um, one of my vivid memories actually from being in high school, I was a, see, I would have been a junior that year. No, I was, I was a senior in high school when the Packers won 45. And one of my first memories of like really caring about football was the 2007, I think it would have been playoff game against the giants with beat red, Tom Coughlin in like the frozen frozen wins and you just like watched his face turn more purple as the playoffs uh, that game went on and um, obviously it wasn't a good outcome but you know seeing those losses like you said and then finally getting to the point where I mean I remember being anxious like <laughs> um, the same way I felt you know for every NFC championship game to date since then um, but yeah I think it was just normal like my family always did it up for Super Bowls so I guess there was just the added pressure of like, okay, now we have like a, a vested interest this year instead of just like hoping for a good game. So nothing like really changed about the routine. It was just really special to, you know, see it be the Packers and see guys like Donald Driver and Charles Woodson have their opportunities. Jimmy? Yeah, one of the big things 
that I remember like stood out that week before the Super Bowl and the day of was seen in Milwaukee. It was the first time I saw what happened when one of our sports teams got to the big game. Um, and like every gas station had different pop-up tents selling like Packers merchandise, like the city was doing now with, with Bucks gear. And just, I remember that whole week leading up to it. Every time I saw a new one stopping and seeing what gear they had there, seeing if I can get something new. Um, and then day of, it was kind of like Maggie said, it was kind of, it was, the anxiety was like the new feeling because the super was, is still like, no matter who's playing, it's pretty much a holiday in my family. Um, it was just that added pressure onto that day. I remember, I know where I went to my, my friends, Justin's house, like uh, half the senior class went there and just were hanging out in his basement and just in preparation for that game. But yeah, the big difference was just how anxious I was and how chewed my nails were by the time the game started. Yeah. I remember. So that morning, we went to church and I was pacing around like the lobby of the church the whole morning, just incredibly nervous as the day started. And I was relatively calm throughout the course of that two week period. The day of not that way, there was a water bottle pyramid as tall as my head. I swear just because I would sit there and drink and drink and drink. And there was just, I couldn't figure out what to do. I vividly, for some stupid reason, when the game started, remember Christina Aguilera screwing up the words to the national anthem she like sang it backwards or I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember she messed that up. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. And then I kind of looked around and was like, did I, am I just tripping? Cause I'm crazy right now. Or what's the deal on that? But I remember the feelings of like, there's that promo that they did before the Super Bowl, And it was Sam Elliott uh, introducing both teams. And then he introduces the Packers. And I remember just my entire body was numb thinking like, holy shit, we're in the Super Bowl. Like they have a chance. They're four quarters away from being world champions. And it was something you guys talked about, you know, some of those painful losses you've experienced today. Like I said, I was younger. I didn't appreciate when the Packers won that Super Bowl. I was 19 when they won uh, Super Bowl 45. So that's before the game started. Once the game is going on, what do you guys remember throughout the course of that game, Jimmy? Uh, yeah. I One of the dumb things we did, I don't know, we were all – dumb high school seniors but whenever they would do i remember snow was outside like big big mounds of snow and anytime there was a score a big play we all like stormed upstairs and would jump into the snow outside and then run back in i remember my friend my friend's dad tried it with us and as we were running down the stairs this gave us a scare because he fell down the stairs then so that kind of paused the game for a little bit but then once he was cool then everything else but I don't know. The big, obviously the Nick Collins play is a big thing that kind of stand that stands out. Um, just an incredible play by him and getting it back for that touchdown and uh, Rogers pass to Greg Jennings. It's just so much in that game. That's just I don't know. Matt um, Clay Matthews being told like now's the time to make a big play and he makes it. It's just I don't know. That game never gets old. Obviously we won a Super Bowl, so it's never going to get old. It's in for it's forever, but. I don't know. That that was such a, a great day. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, the the, uh, the clay play, the forced fumble, that was the background on my phone and my computer for six months after that ended. That was – I I remember when Woodson went to the locker room at halftime and then it comes out that him and Driver aren't playing and then they score a touchdown. I said out loud, we are effed. And I didn't think the Packers were going to win at that point, or at least it was an emotional response. And then the Steelers are driving to potentially take the lead in that Super Bowl. And obviously Matthews makes that play. The Collins play you mentioned, I felt like I left my body when it happened. Like I couldn't believe that he was returning a 
interception for a touchdown in the Super Bowl to give them a 14 to nothing lead in that game. So that was fun. Obviously, there was a lot fun about about that Super Bowl. But, um, you know, the biggest thing I can remember is Tremont Williams, the last pass of the game. I was standing in the corner of my living room and I dived like face first onto the ground and I just cried like a baby for probably 10 minutes. I might be exaggerating the time frame there a little bit, but it was that. And then I remember, do you guys remember that crappy G4 song that they played before games at Lambeau? Yes. Yes. They're both, they're both nodding at me. So I had that on a, they played that on the radio or something. And I remember I heard it and I turned it up as loud as it would go. And the girl I was dating at the time says, I have no idea how we didn't just get into a car accident or you didn't get pulled over. (laughs) So it was a fun day. It was obviously a great experience to to have that happen. But um, yeah, the the Packers won the Super Bowl. That's that's always fun when that happens. So, Maggie, we we had ours. What's yours? Yeah, I mean, I think like the first half. You know, you you said with Nick Collins and going up fourteen zero. You're like, it's when I finally started to. It was the same kind of feeling I had during the Falcons game, where it's like, okay, this. You know, you don't want to get confident in a big game ever. Like. You know, not to use a, a super recent example, but it's like game five when the Bucks, you know, went plus 19 in the second quarter. And you're like, OK, you know, the, the first quarter looked really bleak. And then, you know, you're like, oh, man, could could they force a game seven? Like they're going to have to win one in Phoenix. Like and, and then it happened. So, you know, the first quarter first half really of that game it's like wow don't want to get my hopes up but we're 30 minutes away from the Packers winning the Super Bowl and then the game you know gets closer and closer like you said you see players like you know Charles Woodson gets hurt and it just you know not not that all hope is lost but you really are like man the the players that maybe you know you came into the game thinking they deserve it the most are the ones that don't get to finish the game um but yeah the the Tremont Williams memory sticks out so vividly and just the run he had where it was like, you know, you saw what he did with the Falcon in the Falcons game. And then to see it happen in the Super Bowl to kind of clinch everything as an undrafted guy. And I, I don't know. I think that's just what made it so special was the unsung heroes, almost like, like James Starks. James Starks is one of my dad's all time favorite Packers. He has a James Starks Jersey. And I know a lot of that is from like, you know, that run of who is this guy? This is incredible. There were moments it felt like he put the team on his back kind of in those playoffs. And just that's that's kind of what I think about when I think about the Packers is, yes, you had like Super Bowl 31 where there are all stars like Reggie White and Leroy Butler and Brett Favre and, you know, whoever else. And that's, I think, what made that that 2010 team, 2011, I guess, when they won, um, so special was the fact that it was a lot of guys like Sam Shields, Morgan Burnett. And I, I know Morgan Burnett was drafted, but you know what I mean? Like, it was guys that we were like, who? There weren't any, like, a lot of underrated contributions to get to where they were with the the injuries that they had that entire season. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. It was certainly something that I think I know now you know, 10 years from now, as it's been 10 years since it's happened, something to cherish, something to understand. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not a something that happens all the time. I know that Tom Brady has kind of skewed that reality, but I mean, this is something the Packers or the Bucks or whoever your favorite team is, they may only ever do it once in your life. So 
my advice to you, and I'm just me, so take that for what it is, but my advice to you is appreciate those moments when they happen instead of worrying about how many titles that team and that core is going to win. And I think that Packers team is a very good example of that. Another example I've used recently is the Chicago Cubs are, you know, days away from tearing their entire roster down. And that was a core that was supposed to win multiple championships and they're only going to win the one. So keep that in mind. Just as you're watching the game, stop. Don't worry so much about them winning 10 titles. Appreciate the one that you get. Cause you don't want to look back and think like, man, I wish I had just appreciated that more as it was happening because there are, I know that what's the Twitter phrase, poverty franchises like the Pittsburgh pirates that haven't won a championship in ages, just years and years and years. So, just keep that in mind. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of the show. We wanted to keep it a little light. This is our last show before there's actual Packers football to be discussed. Training camp will happen uh, next week. We will be back recording the day after veterans report to camp. So maybe we'll know something about the quarterback situation at that point. Who knows? But at minimum, there will be actual football to discuss. Thank you guys for sticking with us all off season long. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Wester. Follow the podcast rate and subscribe at Packaday Podcast, and be sure to get all of those things taken care of on your end. Jimmy, where can we find you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Uh, I'll be, we just, right before we recorded this, I did our, our first episode of season two of Lombardi's Bar. Uh, Todd and I, Todd, Dan and I have a, a lot of fun things planned for the season. Uh, so check us out live 730 every Wednesday, obviously Packaday every Thursday, and then Todd, Aaron, and myself have a new podcast launching August 3rd called On Brand Off Topic. You can find uh, over at Game On Wisconsin. Um, they're the big sponsor for the show, so um, make sure you check that stuff out. I'll write for Game On and Packer Report, but honestly, my writing is not that great, so don't waste your time. Go ahead, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy your writing, Jimmy, but you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Uh, I write for Cheesehead TV. I also host the Pax of Cheesehead podcast with Perry Goldstein. Um, if you like the work that Cheesehead TV does as well, I know Andy Herman, the Podfather, Peter Bukowski, a bunch of people will be talking Packers football tonight, July 22nd, um, I think 7 p.m. Lambo time on the Cheesehead TV socials. So come listen to people talk about football and I will, you know, also just happen to be there. Um, but yeah, and then come hang out with all of us in training camp in the next couple of weeks, right? That's right. Jimmy and I will be up there August 5th. So be sure to hang out there. And then Maggie, you guys will be in town August 8th. Yes. Is that right? 8th okay, to the so 15th. Yep. August 8th to the 15th for Maggie and Comp and Perry. I was going to say in company, but I know who Perry is. So she has a <laughs> so we'll we'll go with Maggie and Perry. Uh, but yeah, come on out. We'll be at the Jimmy and I will be at the Green Bay Distillery. So that'll be a lot of fun. Come check us out, hang out for a while, have some drinks, talk some Packers. Let's figure out how Jordan Love's going to get this Packers team the Super Bowl. See you guys <laughs> next week. Go Pack Go.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.